one of life's greatest questions is what happens to us after we die. Is death the end or a new beginning? Welcome to the Round Trip Death Podcast. In this show, we listen to firsthand accounts of people who have been clinically dead and return to talk about it. I want to welcome to the podcast today, Spring Sutherland. Spring lives down in Florida, and we're so happy to have you on the show today. How are you? Good morning. Good. I'm doing great. This year, I think your story is going to be a little bit different because we often talk about people who have had a recent near-death experience and a little bit about how it's changed their life recently. Your experience came when you were a child. And so it was many, many years ago. And I want to ask you before we get into it, what's it like living a life after having this experience as a child? In other words, most of us go through life not really knowing what's beyond the grave. You have a better a better picture of that and have your whole life. How do you think that's affected your life? Uh, I have it's almost like you're in this place, but you're not of it. And so all through my life, I've looked at the world in a different eye because I'm here, but yet um, I'm connected to a different realm. And so although I'm in the physical realm, I see things in the spiritual realm and uh, I have dreams um, and I've seen angels. I can't look at the angels uh, directly or they will disappear, but I can see them in my peripheral vision. And so I've always felt like I'm here, but yet I see the world through a spiritual eye too. Interesting. Have you ever had a fear of death? No. Not since I was bad. Yeah. And that's um, something very different from most of the rest of us. No, I, I, I don't have a fear of it. There's, there's really nothing to fear. And although if you've never had an NDE, it's kind of hard to describe how easy it is to pass over. And I am. Um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back home one day. I guess it, <laughs> it still isn't my time yet. Well, hopefully it's not too soon. Let's go ahead, Spring, and let's go back to when you were five years old. Tell me what was going on and what happened to you. That was back in 1961. Um, our neighbor's car had stalled on our road, and so... Everybody was, uh, all the neighbors was going out and going to help her try to start her car. Well, back then you could push a car and it would kick or you could start it while it was moving. And so um, I was in front of the car with some other adults and another uh, friend of mine about my age. And we started pushing the car backwards so that they could push it forward and start it again, try to start it. Well, my father had told us to get away from the car, stay away from the car. When they pushed the car back, um, I went around to the back and I 
was going to help push again. And the car did not start. So about this time, they had to push the car back again and push it forward. I stayed in the back of the car and I was so little that nobody seen me back there. When they pushed the car back, I was still behind the car. And when they pushed it, the bumper hit my chest and I fell and the tailpipe caught the collar or the top of my dress. And um, when that happened, I instantly left my body. And I was hovering over the top of the car and I could see my arm thrashing out from underneath the car. Why that car did not run over my arm, I don't know, but I could see my arm thrashing. So were you being choked at this point? I was strangled. I was strangled by the tailpipe because it had caught and it strangled me. And after that, I don't remember being under the car, um, but I remember being hovering, my spirit or my soul was hovering over the car and I could see them working on me and um, the driver, which is a blessing, I guess you could say, is she was a nurse. And so she immediately started working on me. But when I saw my, when I was out of my body and I was, my spirit was hovering over the car, the voices that I heard was monotone. There wasn't no excitement. It's just like somebody's underneath the car. And that's when they stopped the car and and, um, the nurse came around and started working on me. When um, one of the guys said, there's somebody underneath the car, I, everything went black. I was in a spiritual black realm. And then I was hovering over a telephone pole looking down and that's when I seen them working on my body I knew it was me but yet there was nothing I could do except for say how am I going to get back down there where am I at Hmm. um a voice told me to look up I don't know if it was an angel or I don't know what kind of entity it was but all it, it told me to look up when I looked up there was a tiny light from far in a distance. And the light seemed to come to me. Most of the time in the east, they go through the tunnel, but the tunnel seemed like it come to me. It started out very small, then it got larger, larger, and closer and closer until I was um, at the gates of heaven. And there was a cloud like a veil between me and these beautiful golden gates. I remember thinking, you know, is this heaven? It, it, where's, I want to see Jesus. And I was told it wasn't my time. And I said, but I want to see Jesus. And I was immediately on the other side of the gate with Jesus. And the only way I can describe the beauty is um, he, he looked like the Prince of Peace painting, if you've ever seen that. And the colors to me, 
that I seen in heaven, they were virgin colors. I've never seen them since. I can't describe the colors that was just ominous. I, it was just so surreal. And oh, what, what kinds of things were colored? Was it like the sky or did you see there was no flowers sky or that I didn't see any plants, flowers, animals. It was the colors that I seen when I got to the gate was all around the gate of, I call it, of heaven. And the gate was just golden vibration. Um, beautiful. And the colors were just all everywhere. It was just, I can't describe the design of them. I just call them just the virgin colors because I don't, hmm. I, I can't duplicate it. Can't even describe the, the beauty. And it was just like they flowed everywhere. The colors was just magnificent. I was with Jesus and it, there was just, everything was light, a beautiful golden light. And it was um, just glory. So I saw Jesus and he, um, I asked him, I said, can my mom come? <laughs> and he said, soon. But he uh we had a, a conversation. It was telepathic. It was not something that you would move your lips or see or anything like that. But he told me that I would have to come back. And I told him I didn't want to go back. And he said, but you're a witness. And you will be a witness. And I got the feeling that he was telling me that not everyone would believe me, which they didn't. Um, but when I came back, there was music and it sounded like harps, but it was a vibration of harps, but I can't even describe the tone, the uh, notes. I can't, it, I can't describe that either. So you mentioned that what Jesus is talking was telepathic. You didn't really hear it with your ears. Was the music the same way? You felt it more than you heard it? It was everywhere. I mean, it was surrounding and it was, I, I don't, I guess it was everywhere. I heard it and, you know, it was um, soft and just smooth and just um, calming. You could just feel the love and the lights and in and, and the music. Um, it was just wonderful we have a good place to go to <laughs> that we really that, do that's reassuring to know that do you remember were you able to see any features of jesus what he looked like what he was wearing anything like that he had a robe and i can't remember if there was um like a, a belt a tie or something but he had this beautiful robe on and his hair was wavy. His eyes were just like a hazel blue, beautiful color that um, just beautiful. I mean, the Prince of Peace picture is she, that painter, she 
really get mm. captions that picture of Jesus that I told my daughter, I said, that's who I seen. That's who I talked to. And so she has a beautiful painting of him, the closest I've ever seen. Now, did he tell you who he was or did you just automatically know? When I said, when I asked if Jesus lives here, you know, is this where Jesus is? I want to see my Jesus. I knew it was him. And um, you, you could just sense the love and the peace that uh, he projected. I mean, it was just so surreal. So it was just glory. So no guilt, no sorrow, just peace. No, a lot, I've heard a lot of people talk about they had a life review, but I was five and I was still a, even, I was, I was just a babe there too. I was a baby and um, I can't even remember how tall he was because I was just so mesmerized with being in his presence. You said you wanted to see your Jesus. Who Were you talking to some other person at that point? I'm sure there was somebody there. Um, I'm not sure if who it would be because whoever the voice that told me to look at the light, mm -hmm. they had to be there too. So, but my focus was just Jesus and being in that presence and that light of love. Okay. What happened next? Okay, so he told me that I would have to come back. And I said, I, I don't want to go back. I want to stay here. He said, it's not your time. You have to go back. And he reached his hand out and he touched me and I was falling back. When I came back into my body, I was in the back seat of the car. When I woke up, I heard a horn blowing. And I saw, I opened my eyes and we were running through a red light and I was in the back seat of the car. So there was a good 20 minutes, I would say that I was out of it. And so I closed my eyes and I don't remember too much more for, I don't know how many days, but. Um, my father cradled me for like three, four days, I'm sure, because when I looked in the mirror at myself after the accident, from my chest up, I, my face, my head, my head, my eyes, they all looked like they, it looked like I'd been sandblasted and it was nothing but red. Um, but I had, I had no, um, injuries. I didn't suffer any brain damage. And I, I think that when I was with Jesus, he healed me because I still don't know why that tire did not run over my arm or that I wasn't dead. But the doctor had said that if the car would have went one more inch, I wouldn't have made it. And I remember telling my dad, I said, but dad, I did die. He said, but you're here now. I said, yeah, but they wouldn't, nobody would let me talk about it because it was a subject that was closed. Um, every, when I tried talking about it, um, people would say, oh, you're dreaming. You were unconscious. You, 
didn't see nothing. Okay, yeah, I did, but yeah. So how do you know it wasn't just a dream? I know that I know that I know that I know. I mean, <laughs> you don't experience something like that. And even Jesus told me that there would be not there would be non-believers. There would be people that would would not believe me. So I expected it. But he also told me I would never be alone. And when I see my face for the first time in the mirror, I, I screamed, I cried, I went outside and I felt so alone. And I was sitting on underneath this tree in the yard, feeling sorry for myself, feeling mad, feeling hurt because I had to come back and nobody would talk to me about it. And I said, God, I thought you said I'd never be alone. Well, an angel appeared to my left. And I'm going to call her a she because it sounded like a female voice. And she said, would you like to play ball? I said, yes. And all of a sudden there was this orb. And I was playing ball with an orb. And it would bounce and I'd try to touch it and I'd try to catch it. And it was, it was fun, you know, because to me, it was a ball. I didn't realize to wait, you know, many years later, it was an orb because I didn't even know what orb was. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go inside and I felt, so, you know, it made me happy. I was happy. I got to play ball with an angel. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. When were you first able to tell somebody about this, that they would listen? Uh, really, it, it, I believe my dad, really, since he was in World War II and he was wounded, I think he believed me but didn't want to talk about it. So I really didn't talk too much about it until my teens, my late teens. And I, I, you know, and then still some people didn't believe me. My pastor didn't believe me <laughs> when I was started going to church when, when in my teens. And so I kind of just hit it. It was just something that was between me and the spiritual realm that uh, we were connected and we're all connected. Well, I can understand. I mean, if people think you're just making it up. Yeah. Five-year-old. Yeah. Then it's, then it's hard to talk about, but also how do you process it when you can't talk through it and have anybody believe you and relate to it at all? Well, I have encouragement. I have dreams and I see angels. And so I have, um, you know, I, I read the Bible and that encourages me. And I really don't let it bother me so much anymore because it's a personal relationship that I have. Um, and that's, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know it. That's all that matters. Right? Yeah. Well, everybody has their truth and I know mine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm good with it. And I don't, you know, this, I mean, this is um, about the second or third time that I've really 
have spoke about it. And I still get choked up because it does bring up a lot of um, emotions because it was so real. What else can you tell me about it? When I was started school, or before that, right afterwards, when I uh, was uh, around kids my own age, I could I, I I felt what they were thinking, and when I started school, then I could hear some of the thoughts that the kids were thinking. Um, as far as telling me what to spell on the blackboard or the chalkboard or giving me letters or calling me names. And so by the time that I was eight, I really couldn't handle it. And I said, I said, I don't want to know what these people's thinking. And it wasn't adults. It was the kids that I could sense what they were going to do next. I could sense, um, like for an example, I played with these twins and one of them said, I'm going to get away from her. The other one says, I'm going to hit her over the head with this gun, which was a plague gun. And I turned around, I said, don't hit me with that gun. Don't hit me with that gun. And she did. I knew she was going to do it. And I was never allowed to play with them again. But um, things like that, and it bothered me. And so I really, really begged God to take that from me because I didn't want to know what people were thinking. And I, when I was eight, I got German measles. And my fever was so high. And I went into the hospital. And when I came out, I couldn't, I, I didn't have it anymore. And so... I was glad of that because I really didn't want to know what people were thinking yeah. or what they were going to do. Is it a gift or a curse? I guess. Yeah. Well, that's if a hard I would one. have learned how to harness it at a later age, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, but I think God knew it was just something that, you know, I was not willing to do. And I think he allowed it to be taken away, but, um, it's it's been a it's been a journey. It's been a wonderful journey. I have uh, just been really blessed to be connected in a way with the spiritual realm because I have dreams and uh, angels comes visits me and there was I remember also I could never wear a wind up watch. A wind-up watch would go dead. It would stop working. And I wasn't able to wear a watch until they come out with a battery in the watch. Then I could Mm. wear it. And they just said I had too much electricity or something in my body to wear a (laughs) wind-up watch. As I've been interviewing people, I'm thinking of someone just a couple days ago was telling me that since her... um, NDE, she's had a hard time with electronics. She went through five smartphones in one year because she'll touch it and it'll just go black and not work again and things like that. Mine, uh, mine turns hot. Still? hmm Wow. Yeah, mine will get hot. Well, I want you to know as far as your experience that you had, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Having not shared it with many people, 
I want you to know that I believe you. Thank you. Okay. And what you experienced, you experienced. This podcast is a place where we don't judge. We listen. Everybody's experience is a little bit different. And, and I find that very fascinating, but everybody's experience is something that we should respect and believe because what happened to you happened to you. Yes. What would you tell other people, especially people that don't believe in any kind of an afterlife? You know, it's kind of hard to explain because if you have an experience, it's hard to describe, but just trust and know that we are all connected and this we're not alone Uh, we'll never be alone and if you little things uh, you can tell uh, a spiritual realm or a spiritual just an entity is trying to let you know that they're there just keep an open mind and If you see a feather just fall out of the sky, um, know that it's a blessing because angels are everywhere. And I've had feathers to drop right out of the sky when it's like, where's the bird? And um, they're always, we're on that work we're not alone, but it's kind of hard to tell somebody to believe when they haven't experienced it, but just keep an open mind and be aware of your surroundings that there's always signs. I get signs all the time that I'm not alone. And when do you, what do you mean by we're all connected? It's kind of hard to explain because the connection that I feel is that we all come from the same source. We may, and we may go to the same source, but as humans, animals, um, we're all in this together. You may be on a different boat, but we're all in it together. And it's, um, we have so much in common with the human race, the animals, uh, that when we're all connected to the source, heaven. Well, I can tell you're a very kind person, and I'm sure some of that came from your experience when you were five years old. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners today? Don't be afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid of um, passing over. And if um, you are afraid, then look inside yourself and do some soul searching because it, you know, we're, we'll get there and it'll be beautiful and wonderful. Well, I appreciate the message of hope today. That's always a good thing to help us get through the day. Spring, thank you again so very much. Appreciate having you on the show. If you've had a round-trip death experience and would like to share it with us, we would love to hear from you. Send an email to me, eric at roundtripdeath.com. And lastly, if you've found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend. 
rate us five stars, and be sure to visit roundtripdeath.com. Until then, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. Thank you.